This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. And I'm Lyle Southall and this is... Lawson Walters. Lawson, I've come up with a new nickname for you. Oh, well, oh okay. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. What's, what, what is okay, it? so you know, you know what we call Mon? No. We call Mon Monsoon. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, because okay. she soon might be here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call me now? Law soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. That's no, not even hilarious. a pun. Law soon. Lawson will soon be here. You could be like late Lawson or something. At least that would. Nah, it's monsoon and Lawson. Nah, that's no. Nah, I'm not feeling it. I'm not no, feeling two it. Two co-hosts give who, give us, who give us um, <laughs> stomach ulcers in the morning when they. Well, I think this is the first time that Lawson has sort of wandered casually up the walkway in preparation to do radio. <laughs> Man, I wasn't wondering. I was power walking. I was power like walking. driving in my car on the way here. I was like, God, please get me there in time. <laughs> <laughs> please help me. <laughs> it, was, it was good though. I'm here. I'm yeah, here. I'm in. Ready Praise to Lord. go. Here, yeah. sitting in the chair, relaxed. <laughs> Got your breath back. That's what you call an See, Mon, Mon, Mon doesn't always have her breath back by now. Yeah. She's, she's like, <laughs> I just made it. <laughs> uh, it is all good, Mon. Uh, sorry, not Mon. Lawson, what have we got for our uh, next clue for our quiz? Oh, okay, yes. Next clue for the quiz. Who am I? I am the great grandfather of King David. Okay, who is this person who is a great grandfather of King David? And what is his name? If you know the answer, give us a call. 1 800 324 843 is the number. Or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine if you know the answer. And do we have a prize picked out yet? Does anybody know whether we've got a prize picked out yet? Let's let's pick out a prize. Right now? Grab something from oh, the prize yeah, pile. Okay. Here he goes. He's going to pull something out. Heading over to the prize pile, finding a random book. Let me see what he's going to choose. No, you can't have that one. We just did that one. You can have that one, I think. Yeah, or that one. Yeah, grab that one. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. What have you got? What have you got there, Lawson? Tell I us have all a about book. It. Uh, and what's it called? Yeah, the book is called Image is Everything by oh, Dustin really? Hall. Okay. And it's really cool. It's like, it's all about purpose. Uh, on the back in a little blurb, it's got these big, big sort of phrases. Who am I? Where am I going? And how do I get there? Um, it says this, young people often ask themselves these questions as they ponder the roads of life. Pastor Dustin Hall addresses these questions and more. God made us with thinking minds, and his desire for us is to think, study, and trust him so that those answers will become really Okay, so do you apparent. reckon the title of this is actually correct, Image is Everything? Do you think it's all about your image? Well, I, I think it might be some kind of satirical title, because I, I feel like it's going to get to the end of the book, it's going to be like... No, I think, I think, I think the, uh, the title is actually correct. Oh, how come? Uh, I think Image is Everything. Mm, that's... I think that's what life is all about. In fact, I think that's what the purpose of life is, is to 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 be in oh, the image of God. There you go. Created in the image of Ooh, God. There you go. See? Man. I had you panicking there. Yeah, I was like, man, what, what, I, what have I pulled I'm, out of the prize uh, pile? Um, what, what kind of heresy am I promoting <laughs> on Faith FM? Lyle has told me to pick this one up and now I have to promote heresy. <laughs> Classic. Well, no, it's a fantastic I, I, I could, book I could, according I could see, to Lyle. I could see... Um, 
um, Lawson's heresy alarm just sort of sitting <laughs> on the edge there about to, you know, trip. It's like, wee-oo, wee-oo. That's awesome. Image is everything. We are created in the image of God. You, as our listener, are created in the image of God. You are not a mistake. You are God's own mm. personal creation, and God does not make junk. Yes. God only makes quality, and you are a quality person. You need to know that. You need to remember that, and you need to take that to heart. You need to be reminded of that every day, and you need to go to God and uh, thank Him for that every day that you were created in His image. And, of course, you know the goal of life is to more effectively reflect the image of God. Mm. That's all we can do. What does is, what is, uh, Ecclesiastes say at the end? Solomon, he's like, and this is man all, man's all, to fear God and to keep his, keep, commandments. Keep his commandments. For in them is the whole duty of man, or something like that. Yeah, it's basically like, oh, you'll realize when you get all the way to the end of the li- end of your life that the best you could have done in any situation is just to reflect God, to just do exactly. what God wants. Yeah. So that's what we should be doing. I've seen people mess up their lives in lots and lots of different ways. I've never seen somebody mess up their life by be- becoming a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. Never seen it. Never seen that happen. Anyway, our Bible study today comes from the book of Romans. When I say Romans, what do you what what immediately goes through your mind, Lawson? Um, uh, Paul. Okay, yep. What else? Um, what, are the, what are the sort of the, the top things when you think Romans? Romans Romans 8. <laughs> okay, Romans 8. Why Romans 8? Romans 8 because it's like the, the one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. Yeah, all... Yep. Uh, yep, okay. So, Romans 8. <laughs> what else goes through your mind when you think Romans? I think um, of uh, the Antichrist. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Why do you think of the Antichrist? Because uh, it's written to the Romans. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. But the Book of Rome. Yeah, okay. All right. What else do you think? Uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the longest epistle of Paul, right? And I'm pretty sure it'd either be that or First Corinthians. But yeah, well, whatever. I think I think it's like I think of like the magnum opus of of Paul's writing and his okay. interpretation. Like it is the the, ma- the magnum opus. Yeah, this is this is Lawson breaking out the big words. Oof, yeah. So what is magnum opus? Oh, ma- magnum opus is like it's it's from my understanding, it's it's a piece of like a conceptual art that you would consider your 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 life's work, like the yeah. the top your most of, magnificent piece. Yeah, magnum yeah, magnificent. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I when, I, see, when I think Magnum, um, my mind goes a completely different direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Okay, so this is uh, this is Paul's. This definitely is would would be Paul's. Probably this one along with Hebrews. Mm, yes. But people debate whether Paul wrote Hebrews or mm-hmm. not. So this one, but they're two masterpieces. They're two. Mm. Yeah, you know, Hebrews and Romans are two New Testament masterpieces. You know, a good point about that is, like, Romans is written to a group of people who are, like, like are Gentiles, mm-hmm. and Hebrews are written to the Jews, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like this is, like, a, man, how can I word this? It's like they're the same conceptually, but written to do two different groups of people connecting them to God, yep. and it's like, like... They have a very different flavor to them. Mm. Same message, but you see how Paul adapts his message to the different audiences mm. that he is addressing. Mm. Yeah. By the way, I, I, I'm a uh, I'm a firm believer in Paul as the author of Hebrews. Just in yeah, case same. you're wondering, 
uh, I think that the arguments in favour of that are incredibly strong. Yeah, fully. Yeah. All right, so, um, all right, themes. Tell us themes. What are some of the themes? that? What, what's the big theme that comes to your mind the moment Ooh. you hear the word Romans? The big thing theme that comes to mind is, you know, nothing, not being able to, to be separated from God's love. Okay. You know, that's what we see in, in Romans chapter 8. You know, uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I am convinced that neither depth nor height nor angels nor demons nor, um, you know, life nor death nor anything can separate us from God's love. I think every, you know, Romans 8 is just full of like banger verses and everyone has a favorite, like from whether it be from the start or from the end. My personal favorite is Romans eight thirty two. you know, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How will he not freely bring um, with him all things? And, you know, that's an awesome reminder to me that like, hey, God has my uh, best interest at heart if I'm following him and I'm like following his purpose. But then that, like just a few verses before that is, you know, uh, God works all things. Um, what does it say? Uh, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of the, uh, to good, for, sorry, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So it's just like Romans eight, it's just this whole exposition about how, God's love will always get into our life, no matter what circumstance we're in. It's like super awesome. Um, what What do you think? What, what comes? Oh, to I like. Mind for I you? like. Uh, I like the beginning. Of, I like the first four verses. I'm a big fan of the oh, first four yeah. verses. You know, there is ne- therefore now no condemnation to those <laughs> that which are in Christ Jesus, um, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Mm. Powerful verses right there, transforming verses. Um, And so yeah, when I think of Romans, the first thing that pops into my mind is righteousness by faith. Mm. Yes. Um, You know, Particularly Romans 6, 7, and 8, they're kind of like those pivotal... Central chapters in the entire book. Um, yeah. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so Romans 6, 7, and 8, if you want to do a great study on righteousness by faith, those yeah. are your chapters. Just, just go right there, and it's just like. It feels like the whole book just centers on those. It's a, bit, a, little, bit, a little bit like Revelation, just you know, centers on Revelation 12, 13, 14. Mm. You know that's the that's the pinnacle of uh, of where Revelation sort of really reaches and and, uh, and hits our um, you know it hits its hits its peak. Mm. And yeah. it's like even from the outset, like we see in Romans one seventeen, you know the just shall live by, live faith. by faith. And that that was a, that was a quote from um, Habakkuk two four from the Old Testament. And it's just yeah, and that that's the layout of the land really. It's and like, how many times does Paul? Bang that same drum all the way through the book of Romans. Oh, yeah. You get to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you may present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And it's like, then, you know, we have a responsibility to be a part of this righteousness, you know, to be faithful in God. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Can you sing it for us? Uh, No, my wife could go. I wonder whether she can play it. She can. Oh, she got it coming up. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we do, we do. Look at that. It'll be coming up uh, in a couple songs' time. Yeah, we'll have it at eight thirty-five. Yeah, that's cool. She is on the money this morning. (laughs) Um, Okay, so um, 
Yeah, and I guess the other thing that goes through my my head immediately that you say Romans is deep theology. Yes, of course. It's just like you want you want some theology. Mm. Uh, go to Romans. Yeah, if you want something to really kind of mull over, to really yes. kind of draw out of the text, yeah, go to Romans. You can say that for a lot of the epistles of Paul, but I think you can. You can. I think Romans, you know, is is the most theological, is the most sort of theoretical. Like we see. For example, a book like First Corinthians has some like amazing exposition in it, but a lot of it is like just talking to certain circumstances and certain situations that has happened. Whereas Roman is just like the ultimate sort of concept sermon. It's kind of like Paul has sat down and said, you know, I've I've done kind of a an abridged version of the gospel and that kind of thing in you know the book of Galatians and so forth. Mm. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to write it down once and for all the complete exposition. Of the theological perspectives of the gospel. Mm. Bang, and he gives us Romans. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so what a lot of people don't think about when uh, we think about Romans is that it's not just all about deep theology and righteousness by faith and the love of God. It is also about love to each other. Mm. Because when you get towards the end of a book, that's where you're going to find the book pulls everything together and starts to form a conclusion And so we're going to see that starting to form in Romans chapter 12. So here he's pulling together, you know, everything he's been talking about so far up until this point is now going to be culminating in Romans chapter 12. And Romans chapter 12 really does deal with the issues of, okay, we have righteousness by faith. What does that mean in a practical sense? How does how is that actually demonstrated? You read for us verse one and two. You know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's a great verse when you think about it, because Paul says, "Look, you know, he begins by directing our attention to the mercies of God, mm. and what's the greatest demonstration of the mercies of God." And the cross. The cross, mm. yeah. So there's nothing more powerful than that. It's like, okay, when you think about the cross and when you think about everything that God has done for you, then present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Mm. Now, if you were to take a lamb for a sacrifice, and this is the kind of language he's using this, this temple language right here, this sanctuary language, if you were to take a lamb as a sacrifice, how much of it do you get to keep for yourself? None. None. It all goes on the altar. Mm. It is all sacrificed. And that is what Paul is addressing right here. It's a total giving of yourself to God. Mm. Not holding anything back in any way, shape, or form. Um, it is, um, yeah, completely 100% giving yourself to God. And a lot of people would look at that and go, yeah, you know what, that's that's pretty full on. Don't go so extreme, you know. Okay, you want to be religious, you want to be spiritual, but not 100%. You've mm. got to be true to yourself as well. And Paul's like, no, nope, sacrifice yourself. Don't be true to yourself. Die to self. Live for Jesus Christ. Make it 100%. He says, when you understand how good God is, that's the least you can do. Mm. That's your reasonable Amen. service. That's a reasonable, that's a reasonable response to what Jesus did for you on Calvary. Mm. And then he continues on there from there, and he says, don't be conformed to this world. Yeah. So it doesn't stop with just a mental assent to the truth. Christianity is deeply practical, intensely practical in the way that it addresses uh, human life, the human being, who the who the person is, and um, 
and how they actually live their life. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, um, by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so the Bible talks about you know, the Holy Spirit coming into our life and giving us a new mind, a new purpose, um, and us becoming a new person. The old person has died, passed away, is finished and gone. And um, a new a new purpose has come. All right, let's go on to Romans uh, chapter 12. Would you like to start reading for us in verse 3, please? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, Because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, I give you... Uh, I give of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. We never do that, do we, Lawson? Never. We never think we're better than anyone else. Nah, nah. We never. We, we no, no. We never think we're better than what we actually are. Oh. We never overrate ourselves, do we? Oh, never. No. Nah. Particularly not now. Nah, never. No, never. We're, we're all good, right? Yeah, we're really, we're really great at not rating ourselves greater than than what we think we <laughs> than are. what we actually are. <laughs> okay, so um, here's how it works, everybody. Um, if you're listening today and you are a man, this is a trap that is unique to men. We tend to overrate ourselves, dude. It's so true. Yes. So, <laughs> a practical example of this. I'm um, uh, the next couple of days. I'm going to be getting my full license for my car. Yes. And I've been reading through the handbook, and it's like. I think it said that like 65% of men on the road consider themselves better drivers than everyone else on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I actually am. Yeah, I know. Me too. That's that's an actual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. I mean, you've you've probably all seen the cartoon, you know, of the guy, you know, skinny, weedy little guy looking in the mirror. And when he looks in the mirror, he just sees, you know, just uh, he's ripped and he's muscled yeah. and he's got a six-pack and that's that's <laughs> yeah. what he sees in the in the mirror. And then you see um, standing beside him a uh, a beautiful woman. She's slim and, you know, curvy and all the rest and, and she looks in the mirror and all she sees is a, is a big round blob. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like this is this does describe um, a unique form factor between men and women in that men often typically overrate themselves and women, not always the case by any stretch in their imagination, and women typically underrate themselves. Mm. And so, yeah, we look in the mirror and it's like, oh, cool, (laughs) awesome. Let me stand here and strike a pose. There is a reason that gyms have mirrors for walls. Mm. It's for all the guys. 100%. It is absolutely for all the guys. Uh, yeah, so this is a this is a trap for us. And Paul's like, okay, don't be thinking that you are. Do not fall into this trap. Don't be thinking that you are better than you actually are. Keep reading. Mm. We continue on in verse four. The Bible says, "Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other." Yeah, okay, so here he starts to talk about the concept of the body of Christ. Mm. And without a foot, you're kind of disabled. Mm. Likewise, without a hand, you start to cut off body parts. Uh, there are, I can't think of any body parts that I want to be without. You know, I don't even, I don't even want to live without my fingernails. Mm. 
Oh, there's lots that's of, you, so you can, true. You can, and it's just a tiny little thing, but who wants to be without it? I don't know. For me, it's like, man, it would be heaps harder to play guitar if I didn't have fingernails. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, I want to keep my fingernails. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it'd be heaps harder to scratch my back if I didn't have fingernails. So I want to keep those. I never thought of that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you, would, you wouldn't be able to scratch. No. That'd be horrid. That would be the worst. Wow. <laughs> Look, think of all the things where you, you stick your fingernail into something to, you know, like Lego. How would you play Lego without fingernails? You wouldn't be able to get all those pieces apart. Put, put your finger in between the Lego pieces, your fingernail. So, yeah, they're all important and they're all just kind of as important as each other. Anyway, uh, let me see what we've got here. Kayla Hopkins with Who Am I? It's a great, uh, it's a great theme right here. Why don't you listen to the words of this song? Who are you? You are the chosen created child of God. Okay, so we're going to come back here because that's not playing. We're not sure whether we're actually even going to air right now. Yeah. We have our glitch has come through, mm. which does come through on occasions. Um, and it seems to be when our desk gets just sort of, it gets tired. Mm. Towards the end of the show, it just gets, gets tired. It's like, yeah, yeah no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. Anyway, we have had had this happen like three or four times now, so hopefully we'll be able to get it sorted. We've had uh, a few different cracks at it. We've replaced the computer. We've re- I think we've replaced everything except for the desk, so mm. maybe the desk needs to go. <laughs> and when we talk about the desk, it's not the wooden piece. It's the one with the knobs on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The important desk. The sound The desk. expensive desk. I want, that's right. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so we continue on with our uh, Bible study here. Paul brings up this concept of the, uh, the body of Christ mm-hmm. and the various members of the body. Uh, where did we get up to there, Lawson? We got up to verse 5. Keep going. It says in verse 6, he says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given, uh, as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Which one of these gifts, so far we've had uh, prophecy, service, and teaching. Which one do you reckon is the most sensational? Prophecy. Prophecy and even, all day long. Even Paul says, he's like in, in Corinthians, he says, I would rather, I'd rather you prophesy than anything else. Yeah, this is the best of the gifts. Yeah. Paul's clear on that. Definitely the most exciting too. Mm. You know, being able to, through the power of God, tell the future. Yeah. That is going to catch people's attention. How much um, less important is service, serving others in this passage? Ooh. According to the passage, they're one and the same. They're one and the same. Mm. They're all That's on right. the same level of gift. Absolutely. And so we often look up to people who have, say, the gift of teaching or the gift of evangelism. Mm. Um, and it sort of depends which church you're a part of. Uh, if you are part of the Adventist church, we tend to have celebrity preachers. Mm. Adventists tend to love preaching. Mm. Um, if you're part of Hillsong, they have celebrity singers. Hillsong loves to sing. Um, and, you know, if you're part of the Roman Catholic Church, you have uh, a celebrity called the Pope. Yeah. And so we always like to look up to these various celebrities that we have. It's part of our culture. And here Paul's saying, look, somebody who's just a, a service-orientated person, who just serves the community, who, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm part of Food Rescue Today out at Maitland where we have 
Um, you know, you can buy a week's supply of food for five bucks. Mm. There's a whole bunch of volunteers, about 14 volunteers that turn up each week to run the food rescue program. Uh, they all just, you know, volunteer their time and service to others. And the Bible says this is just as important as prophesying. Mm. It's just as important. Mm. Yeah. So that's um that's that we don't and it's like Paul says don't be going thinking around thinking that you're better than somebody else just because you have the gift of teaching or the gift of you know whatever else it might be, use the gifts that God has given you. It is the body of Christ. Keep reading for us there, Lawson. Let's continue on. It says if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, uh, give generously. If God has given you leadership, uh, given you leadership ability. Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift uh, for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Okay, when you read through this passage right here, Romans chapter 12, we often just focus on, say, the first two verses, mm. where it talks about you know the theological aspects because we are in Romans and we are talking about theology mm. and, and it's talking about dying to self and this is one of the major themes that runs right the way through the book of Romans. And so if you think Romans 12, you think, uh, yes, giving ourselves a living sacrifice. And that's about as far as our brains go because that's what we have kind of branded the book of Romans as. But as, Ro- as Paul comes towards the end of his treatise that he has here on the gospel and he's pulling it all together, you go to Romans 12 and it's all about how we associate with other people. Mm. It's not all about theology. In fact, there's basically no theology here at all. It's all about how to live, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's all orthodox. It's like how, how what what should you be doing? Yeah, yeah, yep. How should you live your life? Okay, so what are some of the? Uh, so we we started with uh, prophecy, and then we went to service, and then we went to teaching. What are some of the other gifts that we have right here? Um, so encouraging, uh, yep. the, the gift of encouragement. Uh, Do you know somebody who has the gift of encouragement? Um. I took a spiritual gifts test, and it's like my number two, I think. There you go. Yeah. So cool. apparently, I'm a really encouraging person. So I am. Uh, I am just privileged to be in your presence because <laughs> yeah, I will be you're doing such a great job, Lyle. There you go. Keep, keep going, Lawson. Keep going. I'll up your pay. I'll double it. Um, you know, and there's some other people I know that are always super encouraging that have the gift of encouragement mm, fully. Uh, let me think of, um, I'll, I'll give a couple of shout outs this morning. Nick and Neil work here in the office, yes. both super encouraging people. Mm. Whenever they walk up and start a conversation, they're always, you, you know, you're going to walk away encouraged. Mm, fully. So be an encouraging person today. Something great to inspire, to aspire towards. Yes. What comes after encouragement? After encouragement is giving. Uh, okay. So generosity. Yes. Philanthropy. I think we mentioned this when you weren't here, Lawson, but when you reach the Forbes list of billionaires, you're probably not going to slip off that list. You just stay there. If you get, That's right. If you've got the what it takes to get there, 
you're most likely going to stay there. But somebody slipped off it the other day. Oh. Yeah. Not good. Guess who? J.K. Rowling. Oh, there you go. And that was because of philanthropy. Yeah. She gave it away. And she's like, I don't need this money. And she's going to do good with it in the world. And she's literally given billions of dollars away. Mm, That's awesome. Um, It is. It is. It's just amazing. We need to see more of it in our world. So many really good positive ones here. Give us a couple more real quick. Uh, Leadership. Yes. Is a gift. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, then it's got showing kindness to others. That's another gift. Okay, and that's another simple one. You know, we often look up to our leaders like, yeah, yeah, he's a great leader. Do we look to people and say, oh, this is the kindest person I know? This, mm. per- this person just goes around and exudes kindness to others all the time. Yeah. No, it's like, I, I honestly, I consider it like, because, uh, yeah, it's something that I actually, you know, I'm like, I have to really work on to be really intentionally yeah. kind to people so i'm like man praise the lord for people who do that and praise god for the grace of god that makes us kind okay well it looks like we're going to try and have a song but it's not happening looks like we're going to have a uh, a talk show rather than a song a music show today hopefully <laughs> our voices are going out to air mm. uh producer says that our voices are going out to air it's just the songs are not going out to air so we're gonna mm. have a long bible study today what's the time it's eight thirty. so we're gonna have this bible study we're gonna have to continue on for um uh the next uh yeah half hour thereabouts that's right yeah i don't mind good bible study oh we've got a question of the, we've got a couple of questions of the day uh, we can we can do two questions of the day today Sweet. yeah all right Seeing as we, uh, what we, okay, so let's do this. Okay. The music's not going to work. Uh-huh. So we'll give ourselves a break. Uh-huh. So let's just go and, uh, you know, <laughs> make a, um, a hot cup of t- herbal tea and you all can just have a break. No, 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 we won't do that. <laughs> let's give ourselves a break by doing question of the day. We have a, a couple of them here. Uh, one to finish off from yesterday and a new one that has come in today. These questions have been just really, really good questions. Um, and I'm so glad that I actually get time to spend more time on them. Uh, from Darren and Ben. Uh, so let me see here. Going back, 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 back. Yesterday's question. All right. Lawson, here we go. Okay. Uh, that one and that one. Okay. So our first question of the day is, Lucifer was the crowning glory of God's creation with superior knowledge, high intelligence, and created sinless. So why would God's most perfect creation willingly choose to reject God knowing the consequences of his actions um, would determine his eternal fate and ultimately become the source and essence of all... Uh, the message being cut off by, I, I, I would say, all evil. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so we talked about this one um, somewhat already. We looked at the concept of um, how sin is and how sin becomes. How sin is like a seed, mm. right? And so, as a seed, if you let it remain, it will grow and it will flourish. Mm. At some particular point, Lucifer started this battle, and rather than rejecting this seed from his mind, he allowed it to stay. Yeah, The Bible calls it the mystery of iniquity. And what you find is that when people go down the path of sin and there is a seed of sin in their mind and they allow that seed to remain, it will grow until the point that they actually 
start to will do things that they know are self-destructive. They will knowingly walk down a path of destruction. And you see this in relationship to people who, for instance, get involved with drugs. There is nobody here in Australia who, when it comes to taking drugs, uh, goes, ah, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do this because it is going to be good for me and it's going to be a positive outcome. Everyone who takes drugs knows that this is going to be a negative outcome. Drugs have been around now, recreational drugs have been around now long enough so that we know uh, across the board that there can only be a negative outcome from taking recreational drugs. And yet people allow it to play on their mind until they end up going uh, down that path. And this is what happened with Lucifer. We don't have the full story of how it all happened, but that's uh, pretty much what happened with uh, Lucifer. Now, we've got another question here somewhere. Let's go to... Let me just see if I can find this one. Okay, yeah, plug it into there, Lawson. Uh, we're going to see if we can get some music happening here, if we can. Uh, I had another question. Where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? It's not in this list. No, it's not in that list. Okay, where about are they? All right, scrolling through, scrolling through. Oh, this is a really good question. This one's coming today. Uh, and this one's about the two covenants. Okay, so we're going to have some music now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to have a music break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do uh, one of my favorite questions, uh, if we've got time <laughs> here, about the two covenants. Okay, let's go. This is Still Rolling Stones by Lauren Daigle. You called my name, you called 
And there it goes. What happened? Did somebody push the wrong button somewhere? Anyway, we're having lots of fun here this morning. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM. We have some technical issues because our um, our desk has died. So here's what we have. Yeah, just, just to give you a bit of a, a picture of what's taking place here right now. We have thousands of dollars worth of equipment in the studio uh-huh. that has died. Yes. And so now uh-huh. our amazing producer is running the entire show off her iPhone. Yeah. What a <laughs> so the iPhone going. All right, so uh, here's here's what radio sounds like when it comes off an iPhone. <laughs> anyway, let's go to question of the day, Lawson. What have you got for mm. us for question of the day? So our question of the day is: This is if, a good one. If God knows everything that is going to happen ahead of time, why would He deliberately choose to create an inferior Old Testament covenant? Yes. <laughs> so why did God say, make something? Because we said earlier that God doesn't make junk. Mm. Clearly, the old covenant was junk. Yeah, because we have a new one. So you wouldn't you wouldn't replace it. In fact, the Bible says the old one was junk. Mm. It was rubbish. It says that it's against us, right? Okay, let's go to uh, Hebrews and let's see what it says about the old covenant. Uh, Hebrews chapter eight, and we're going to read here uh, in verse six. The Bible says, "But now has he that's Jesus." Obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. So if the new covenant is established on better promises than the old one, then the old one was pretty dodgy promises. They were very, very poor promises. They were not good promises at all. Then it goes on. Cop this. It gets even, it gets even uh, stronger. The language gets here even, even more uh, emphatic. In verse 7 it says, For if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been found for the second covenant. Okay, so the Bible is crystal clear that the first covenant was based on very poor promises and it was faulty. Finally, we go down to uh, chapter 8 and verse 13, where the Bible says, In that he says a new covenant, he has made the first old. Now that which uh, decays and grows old is ready to vanish away. So God has made, well, it seems here that God has made something that is temporary, that is vanishing away, that is disappearing. And so God has made something here that he clearly states. Well, actually, let me rephrase how I said that. A covenant has been made here that God clearly states is faulty. Mm-hmm. So why would God make a faulty covenant? Okay, here's where people get, get confused. And the reason that people get confused over this is that they often equate the Old Covenant with the Ten Commandments. Mm. That's an impossibility. 
But people often do. They're like, oh, the Old Covenant must be the Ten Commandments uh, because people are always trying to get rid of the Ten Commandments. For some reason, they don't like them. Don't ask me why. And then they find that uh, the Old Covenant had uh, some pretty dodgy promises in it and it was faulty and it's disappearing. And they look at the Ten Commandments and say, okay, where are the dodgy promises? You know? Uh, you go to Ephesians. You go to Ephesians chapter uh, 6. Let me read this for you. Galatians, Ephesians chapter 6. And let's see here. Verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your fa- honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Now look at the Ten Commandments. Like, hey, okay, we've got a problem here because there's, there's, no, there's no dodgy promises in the Ten Commandments. Mm. It's like, how, how does God make rubbish? If God made something that was faulty, if the Ten Commandments are faulty, then uh, what's wrong with these promises? And so the first thing they do is they go, well, there's no, no faulty promises in the Ten Commandments. Then they look at the Ten Commandments and they say, okay, is there a fault in the commandments themselves? Because the Old Covenant had a fault. There was something wrong with it. And then they go to Romans chapter 7, uh, Romans chapter 7, and they read this passage right here in verse 12 where it says, The law, wherefore the law, that's Ten Commandments, is holy, and the commandment is holy and just and good. That's really, really emphatic language. And once again, they get even more confused because they've got all these people telling them that the Ten Commandments are uh, the Old Covenant, and that they have a fault and they have bad promises. And they look at the Ten Commandments like, I can't find a fault here. You know, it says, Thou shalt not kill. Where is the problem here? Thou shalt not lie. Is this is this is this something? Uh, is there something negative here that I need to be worried about? And when it all boils down, the only one that they ever get worried about is the one that talks about the uh, thou shalt not uh, uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I should say. Is mm. anyone ever anyone ever worries about? And don't ask me why, because that's the biggest blessing out of all of them. God wants to give you a public holiday every week, and he's like, oh no, don't want that. That would be bondage. <laughs> Human beings, the only people. In the universe, when you give them a public holiday, complain about it and call it bondage. <laughs> and they only do oh, so. so they only do so if God gives it to them. It's just, uh, yeah, it's quite bizarre. Anyway, so moving on from there, um, they, you know, people read the last ones like it's 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 re- it's growing old and ready to vanish away. Uh, therefore, the Ten Commandments are clearly something that is uh, temporary. And then they go to Romans chapter 3, and they read in Romans chapter 3 where it says, Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. And if the Ten Commandments and the law of God the, uh, the, and, and the uh, Old Covenant are both the same thing, then you've got one verse where Paul says that we establish it, it's never going away. And another verse where he says, oh, it's a very advantage way. And so people get way confused over this. Mm. So before you can find the fault in the Old Covenant and understand why there is a fault in it, you have to understand what the Old Covenant is. And we find that by finding when the Old Covenant was made. So we're back to Hebrews chapter 8. This is the only place in the New Testament where the New Covenant is defined. So back to Hebrews chapter 8. And the Bible says this in verse 9. Uh, well, I'll read verse 8 as well. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant and regarded and, 
and I regarded them not, says the Lord. The Bible gives you the time frame for the giving of the Old Covenant. The Bible says that the time frame is the Exodus. Mm. Okay? So if we go to the Exodus, we need to find a covenant somewhere in the Exodus. So let's go to Exodus chapter 19. What chapter did I say? 19. What chapter did I not say? 20. 20. I did not say Exodus chapter 20, which is where you find the Ten Commandments. I said chapter 19. See, Lawson's on the ball this morning. <laughs> I know I know what's up. I know what's he going know what's on. Up. All right. <laughs> so before the Ten Commandments are given, tell me whether this is a covenant or not. Covenant or not. God mm. says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people on the earth, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has said, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people to the Lord. Have they, has, has God and the people just made a covenant here? Yeah, by definition. It's, it's, a, it's an agreement with two sides. It's an agreement with two sides. It's a, it's a double-sided covenant. Uh, God has promised to do certain things. The people have, you know, make them uh, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Mm-hmm. They, on the other hand, have promised that they will obey everything that God said. Exactly. How long did that last? Not very long. Have we just found some dodgy promises in the Old Covenant? <laughs> yeah. Were they made by God? No. No, they were made by human beings, very, very clearly mm. made by human beings. And why did they fail so badly in keeping the Old Covenant? Be- because they're human beings. Okay, because they're human <laughs> beings and because they did not understand the concept of being born again. Ah, yeah. They looked at the commandments and gone, yeah, yeah, tick, 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 tick. Okay, we can do that. Mm-hmm. You see, both covenants are about the law of God. Neither covenant is the law of yes. God. They are both about the law of God. And like, we promise everything that uh, God says we will do. Have you ever tried that? Oh, yeah. How long did you last? Oh, not, not long. <laughs> no. You never <laughs> last long. I think we've all been there in our Christian experience. Um, and we never last long when, uh, when, 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 we, when, when this happens. Okay. So uh, let's continue on here, and let's go to let's let's. So we found the dodgy promises uh-huh. in the old covenant. Uh-huh. These are not promises that are made by God. Let's now go to the new covenant. Read what the new covenant says, and then we're going to go to a song break. Yes, we've had a long Bible study this morning. I like it. Maybe we should do this the way this. Maybe right, this should so maybe be. Maybe it should just be a talk show. Yeah, it's a talk show. Talk back with Lyle yeah, and Lawson. Yeah. Okay. So I've got to go. Where did Hebrews? Why is Hebrews escaped out of my Bible? Here it is. <laughs> Hebrews eight. This is the new covenant for those who are wondering, and see if you can find any faulty promises here. For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel mm. after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. I will be to them a God. They will be to me a people. Does the new covenant do away with the law of God? No. Absolutely emphatically not. They shall not teach every man his brother and every man his neighbor, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. The new covenant is based on a relationship with God. It is based on knowing Jesus Mm. as your personal savior. 
Hopefully that has uh, answered your questions there. Yeah. We're going to move on with the show. And what have you got for us there, Lawson? So this is Psalm 91 by Shane and Shane. Oh, we did promise this one. No, we did promise a different one. But anyway, yeah, we're having this one. <laughs> Well, we thought we were. Um. You who dwell in the shelter of the Lord, who abide in His shadow for say to the Lord, My rock in whom I trust, and He will raise you up. Eagles wings bear you on. Breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, a morning full of technical issues. The whole show is still running off the iPhone. Amazing what you can do with technology this morning. <laughs> and uh, one of our favorite human beings ever, Gemma, has just stepped into the studio. And, of course, Woo-hoo. Gemma is a part-time uh, radio host here on occasions when we can twist her arm to come in and do relief for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Gemma, we're super glad to have you here yeah. at the end of the show. What an honor. Favorite human ever. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and we actually have proof. Yeah, we you have the favorite, proof that you favorite, are the favorite, favorite human, human ever. being ever. This can't be good. Hang on a second. <laughs> Look. <laughs> oh, no, you <laughs> hey! oh, no. Okay, so Gemma, you have some explaining to I do. I don't what, want to see what, that. What, no, Lawson, no. <laughs> what is this? What is this? Okay, so it was my birthday recently. Yes. Um, And my grandmother, who I love very much, she won't be listening to this, but she's going to now. My grandmother bought me a pair of socks, but these aren't just any socks, right? As you do for, you know, big birthday, pair of socks, right? She saw a website online where you can create a pair of socks, but you can personalize them. So she sent in a photo of my face (laughs) and she made a pair of socks with my face all over them. And Lawson is currently wearing them. (laughs) So that's fun. Ah, we love you, Gemma. They're so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you're going to have to, you know... They're very stylish, Lawson. I can can see that Gemma, Gemma, I can see that your grandmother, I've never met her. She shares your sense of humour. I do want to know what the revenge is going to be. Um, Because revenge is always sweet when it comes to socks with your face on them. Nice. I haven't thought about it. I'm open to suggestions. If anybody has any ideas. Our number is (laughs) 1-800-324-843. Okay, Gemma, seeing as you're here... Yes. Why don't you tell us about the free gift? Actually, no, let's not do this one today. Grab something. Gemma, you can grab something from the prize pile to give away today. Uh, So Gemma's going to grab something from the prize pile. We're all over the place today. Our tech is not working, and uh, we're just having a happy fun time here and dragging whoever we feel like into the studio. What have you got for us there, Gemma? I have... The Hacksaw Ridge book. Okay, Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. I saw the movie. It was excellent. I've even got some Bible studies that go and follow the movie, but this book... Oh, awesome. You got Bible studies from people who went to the movie and now now you study the Bible with them. Yep, I do. So That's amazing. Yeah, this book is awesome. That's fantastic. All right, if you want to read the book and if you want to understand what is uh, happening there... Um, in that story, the story of Desmond Doss, who received the Congressional Medal of Honor in the United States during the Second World War, um, somebody who refused to, uh, to, to, to carry a gun and, uh, yeah, carried a Bible with him and a Swiss Army knife. That was the extent of the weapons that he carried with him, mm. uh, but uh, saved at least 75 uh, people's lives in one action, uh, one at a time. Unbelievably incredible story coming from... Uh, the battle for Okinawa in uh, the Second World War. So give us a call now, 1-800-324-843 is the uh, number to call or text us on 0491-064-669. Well, we're going to sign off this morning. Uh, We don't really... Lawson, what's coming up for our next song? Uh, You'll Never Leave by Melissa Otto. Okay, so we've got You'll Never Leave by Melissa Rado coming up and she's going to take us out with the show today. Hopefully we'll have our tech up and working tomorrow. I feel like a little girl in this fallen world And I get terrified unless I know you're with me It's a troubled place There is beauty too Wherever we have and 
completely blocked you. Daddy, don't go. Don't ever leave. I need you with me. I need you here, Father. I know that you'll never go. You'll never leave me here. I see that we're tired by a lack of love, but we keep performing to try to keep up. So confused, 'cause we are so lied to. Truth gets so hidden and hard to find. We weren't made for this. We weren't made to die. Only happiness was meant to make.